thinky, thirsty, and over 30. Welcome to Afternoon Army, a safe place for grown armies to dish and discover BTS. We are four ladies who just wanted to know their names and now can explain the meaning of Lachimolala. New to Army? No problem. Come along as we explore all the important business that Bongtan throws our way. Join us on the last Tuesday of every month as we hop in the clown car and drive to the circus. And stay tuned for shorter, snack-sized episodes between hosts and various correspondents. Because one thing we know is that content, well, it just keeps on coming. two of our show about the rose in the previous episode we talked about the history of the group a little bit um, the members how we got into them and we started to talk about the concert experiences we had in dallas and san francisco respectively Um, in this episode we pick up uh, right at the point where we're starting to talk about what it was like to uh, wait in line uh, for a long time all day basically to camp out for a show especially at our age and uh, then we can continue to discuss the concert experience. We're also today going to talk about what the VIP experience was like in Dallas. We're going to talk about the meanings of some of the songs, why the album has been important to us, uh, what the group has said about what the album and some specific songs mean through a documentary series that they have been releasing. Uh, And also just the larger uh, experience of being their fan and how it's different from being part of ARMY or BTS and why we stand K-groups in general. I have not yet done like get there super early, spend the whole day to get barricade type seats. And I've tried to imagine like, hey, like what do I pull out the astronaut? <laughs> like, what do you do? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was the first time I've done it since... I was in high school. It was crazy to do it again at the age of 53, I have to say, but I, but it was fun too. And I guess I would do it again. It was really great to be close. I think there were, I started with two people in front of me and then the crowd kind of moved a little bit and there were three people in front of me, but that's how close it was. And it looks like when you see the, the videos from the stage that were taken by the photographer, it makes it look like you're really far away, but actually you're right there. It's just something about the angle of the lens that uh-huh. kind of fish eyes it a little bit. It makes it look like it's far away, but it isn't. And then I noticed that they purposefully put their, not the drum set, obviously, for Hajun, but for the other three members, their equipment and their microphones were right up at the front of the stage. Like they didn't set them back. They set them at the edge so oh. that they were right in front of you. They wanted to be as close to the audience as possible. So I thought that we was were, amazing. They were a bit further back. Were they? Oh, interesting. Kind of more like, at like an, I mean, not like strangely far back, just yeah. like they, they weren't at the stage very edge mm-hmm. yeah i guess they were set, set maybe dojun i think with his keyboard and everything was set a little bit further back but like wusung's mic and jaehyung's mic were pretty much right yeah the edge. okay i would say yeah okay yeah. That makes- uh-huh. i just thought it was neat that they wanted to be that close and and of course i'm sure it was true for your show too how they towards the end of the show they started during the closing meant they came down and started taking some cheering objects from fans and some little presents and things like that did they do that with yeah, us too? And just like yeah. when you see like the hands go and everyone's like, touch me. <laughs> yes, yes. There was a, a woman, a, a young woman next to me in line most of the day 
and she made Dojun a cowboy hat that had Dojun on it in like uh, rhinestones or pearls that, you know, very, something very, very pretty actually. And it was this big black cowboy hat and in the, in the photos from Dallas, you can see him wearing it in oh, that, cool. like the end photo where they get, they take a picture with the audience. Yeah. yeah. So he put it on and they passed it up to him and he put it on. I thought that was fun. <laughs> so they, cool. they did get playful towards the end and they played, and it was fun how they interacted with each, with each other, the three in the front, you know, would dance around to each other and things like that. And Wusung is so cool when he goes off on his guitar and just spinning yeah. around and stuff. And and there was that one point at which uh, Hajun actually came off the drums and came down yeah. to the keyboard. And yeah, they yeah. all got to sing. And uh, but yeah, I feel like I haven't given Hajun enough love. I was really impressed by him too. Yeah, same, same. He's 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 really. They're all great performers, and his voice is beautiful. And they all write songs. They all yeah, are think, songwriters and very involved in the process. Yeah, they all are very creatively involved. And that was really nice to see. And look, I always am going to have a heart for folks who started off busking. Yeah, I just, that is really sweet. And I think that's one thing, like the reason that we're kind of like bringing back the BTS thing a lot is because this is a BTS podcast too. Yeah. So even though BTS started in a very small company <laughs> and like had to go like real hard and scrappy, it's different again when like you're like putting yourself together as a group it's it's not k-pop they weren't assembled they weren't assembled by the industry yeah correct so it's a little bit more like you know you kind of find each other and build a band yeah yeah it was more more organic for sure yeah because even though they were with an agency for a while that was something they did after they formed and look again that's not enough to bts because honestly i don't know what magical soup they ever had to put those seven (laughs) together to make the magic that they make but it is different genius yet again, you know mm-hmm. it was total genius yeah and it worked <laughs> like like nobody could believe uh, so one last thing about the concert experience is that um, I mentioned that I was lucky enough to be able to get a VIP tickets um, that my friend and I both had so we got to see the Q&A afterwards. So the, the crew cleaned off the stage first. So we waited for a while. The band rested for a little bit. And then they came back out and did Q&A where the, one of the staff members would just pick hands for people that were raising their hands. And people got to ask a lot of questions. How many people were at the Q&A? I read online that VIP tickets were about 25% of the audience, but I don't think it was that many. It didn't seem like that many to me. It was about a couple hundred people maybe. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you said it was a 4,000 person venue, that'd be a thousand. So yeah. No. Yeah. No, there's no way it was a, a few hundred at the most. It seemed like maybe, maybe 200 at the okay. most. I don't remember all the questions that were asked. I was truly trying, you know how it is at concerts. Like you want to film some stuff and take some pictures, but then again, you could spend the whole concert just looking through your camera. So I was really trying to just take it in. Uh, and so I don't remember what all the questions were, but first of all, we got, to, we got to sing happy birthday to Jay Hyung again. That was fun. And he, uh, I think it was during the show and before the Q and a, one of the, some of the things that fans passed up to him as gifts were a sash. I forget what it said, but something about the birthday and then a little crown. So that was cute. He put those on and he was, he, again, shy smiles galore. One of the fans asked a great question of Wusung, which was why, you know, so Wusung did a solo EP moth while the other members were in the military and he did a little tour, like a little showcase tour for his EP, which I really wish I could have seen. I wasn't able to because of the timing. It was back this spring and uh, he was also opening for Epic High 
and it was yeah. so so such a shame that like the one time you went to see epic high and that was like one of the few shows where he wasn't like there he yeah because yeah, i thought he was going to be uh-huh i know so um a fan asked why did you want to do that why did you go open for epic high and he said i wanted to spend some time with them and work with them because they have longevity and we really want that we want to be around as long as them and i wanted to know how they did it and so I wanted to be able to travel with them and get to know them and perform with them. And so I thought that was a wonderful sign, first of all, that they have that kind of long range view and intention. And also that he looked up to them and wanted to learn from them and saw them as role models. I yep. learned something about him that I hadn't known before. Fans asked about the songwriting process. And a lot of that actually is really detailed a lot more in the documentaries there was an interesting question. There was a, I actually spoke to this lovely young fan who was near me, much younger than me, who really, really loves them passionately. Like they're her group, you know, they're like, yeah. they're like BTS for us. And um, they mean everything to her. And so she wanted, there was a misunderstanding. She was hoping, uh, and it, it wasn't that realistic, but she was very young and just very idealistic. And she was hoping that they would draw her a little rose or something that she could get as a tattoo and that they would just draw it on a paper for her so she okay. could take it and get it done because she wanted something personal. And um, Wusung thought that she meant draw it on her because I guess they've gotten requests from people like that before to draw something on them and then they would go get it tattooed. So even though it was a little bit of a misunderstanding and he didn't understand exactly what she was asking and also wouldn't have been able to do it anyway the answer that he gave when he thought it was about writing on her was really beautiful and he said you know because in, I'm paraphrasing this are not his words but close he said because your body is yours we want to respect those boundaries and a fan shouted out do you, you mean sacred and he's like yes sacred your body is sacred basically sacrosanct and we that's a line we talked about it he said and because we've gotten these requests before and we don't want to cross that line and make a decision like that for you about what to put on your body. And so he answered it better than that. He explained yeah. it and was very compassionate and kind about it. And, and I, I was so impressed. Careful because yeah, they there's have like to. a lot of mm -hmm. romanticizing of musicians and like, sure. yeah. And so, I mean, I think it makes a lot of smart sense to be like, look, we're not going to get into the touchy. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I want to touch you emotionally. But right, we're not gonna, like, <laughs> right, touch. exactly. And they were so, I thought it was great. And they were very um, wise and mature about it, as I would expect. But he was so eloquent about it, too. And she understood. She 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 took it really well. And um, uh, yeah, and there were a lot of, there were fans of all ages there. And there were quite a few younger fans, um, even high school students that were there waiting wow. in line with us so so it's great that they're knowledgeable about that and cautious with their younger fans I was, I was impressed by that uh and those are the main ones I remember there were some other interesting questions and answers that I my brain has already deposited into long-term storage and maybe they'll come out someday <laughs> this happens okay so I think we kind of talked already a little bit about where we are in our fan evolution because we had uh, the reason I'm put this in our list of things to talk about is that we had a really interesting question when we first opened our Instagram for the podcast or a, a listener wrote in and said, how do I know if I'm just kind of a BTS fan or an admirer or am I ARMY? And of course, there's no one answer to that, but we had responded, well, one way of looking at it, at least for some of us, is that, you know, you're kind of 
start out as an admirer. They're interesting. You like a few of their songs. Then you kind of become a fan when you really want to listen to a lot of their music and you're into it and you just think they're a great band and you appreciate their artistry. And maybe then you start to get interested in learning their names. And we all know that that's the problem. But then kind of thought, well, the moment that maybe we felt like we were army, like hardcore followers, was when they started to really mean something to us and provide a source of comfort and get through hard times and also just bring a lot of joy into life too. And so where are you on, if if that is a legit tra- trajectory, where are you on that trajectory right now? Ooh, <laughs> if it's even a, heading there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm going to say that I think this is like an evolving relationship. Yeah. And I've gone from admirer. I'm like following like the steps. <laughs> it's, it's so like I was like an admirer. Right. Now I would say like I'm a fan. Like I definitely have listened to all the albums repeatedly, know many of the songs, can sing along quite well. And I've done a little bit of content watching, but very little. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm saying. That gives me the hesitancy to say like, I don't feel like I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, full like Black Rose member. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jumped into that. But look, I think that journey is like starting like probably to exactly exactly you know yeah since the show it's been starting to move into stage three (laughs) I mean like I bought merch at the like I was like okay a lot of people buy merch Tanya knows like I'm kind of like a cheaper mercher (laughs) that's it like I'm getting a hoodie and like (laughs) you've got your you've got your prayer vigil candles and you're good (laughs) yeah Yeah. and so I was like look I will definitely I signed up for the newsletter. I signed up for the notices when they were like, see you next year. I was like 2023 concert again. Like, yes, I am there. Yes, Yes, totally there. And yes, I'm into it. And so Mm -hmm. I think I'm just on the verge and I'm curious. I would love your thoughts to this because you got into them, you know, ahead of me and the algorithm Mm. like got you in YouTube. (laughs) Exactly. It snared me. (laughs) You know, in both of our shows, they asked, you know, like who's first time is it seeing us and Mm. it was 85 percent of the audience majority majority absolutely and so they really are just like having their moment Mm -hmm. of really like you know starting to blow up I'm always curious when that happens like when someone gets hot what is it it that gets you there's the karma there's the talent there's everything I mean there was Wusong like doing it out there for the member like for himself obviously Mm -hmm. but like you know, really got his name out there and kept the rose going like throughout the military time mm-hmm. um, and so yeah I think that's it too it's just like I think there's a lot of people that maybe are in our boat too which are like mm-hmm. all coming online yes and I think because they were in the military during the pandemic and so many of us got into Korean entertainment whether it was k-dramas and or k-pop during that time because we needed something to bring us joy but they were in the military and so I think it was kind of a slow start you know there's getting to know them a little bit but the excitement now of having them out and meeting them in person and getting to see them live is changing things and upping it for me yeah yeah you know like baby army or whatever yeah yeah I'm baby black rose yeah (laughs) I'm like a petal yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) I'm a little sprout (laughs) it's great though Yeah. yeah and this kind of segues really nicely into what we were going to talk about next, which is how is the experience of kind of getting excited about another group and getting more deeply into their music and their message and the feelings that go along with that? uh, How is that 
similar to or different, like not that we have to compare, but it's just interesting because it's such a different scale than BTS. What is it about them that kind of brings some of those same big feelings and level of interest and attachment? Uh, and what's different about it too? Because there's a lot of things that are different about it. Ooh. <laughs> well, the scale is, it's really nice to see them as people. Yeah. Not that I don't see BTS as people, yeah. but even the joy of seeing BTS live, I'm like, that is a lovely flesh-colored shape below. That I-, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. I mean, but also, also that being said, when we were in Vegas together and like BTS came by in like the carts. Yeah. Oh, that was crazy. We were close enough that I, <laughs> and it sounds like I'm being hyperbolic and I am not. No, I you're... remember when the first cart came, Taehyung was at the front. He's not even my bias, but I mean, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Any of them. I mean, they're, we like, love them all. Suit. <gasps> I remember seeing his face. Oh, my God. That's like his. Like, it's that's so the funny. actual like, person. Yeah. On like, a that's him. You just see him because he's like close. So we were like in the like the wow. low 100s. We weren't far. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that's his face. He's right there. And I like whatever that sound is when like microsoft powers off like doo, 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 doo. It was totally like, like, totally like... my mind blinked right out <laughs> no to- <laughs> yeah i went into power safe mode yeah so i totally don't remember like, i couldn't tell you i don't remember j-hope one bit i remember J- yep. jk like a tiny bit i remember suga's overalls and that's mm-hmm. it like literally everything else is like yeah. gone. i made myself look at j-hope but i still don't remember I don't remember what happened. <laughs> I've only seen videos. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely though, because like sometimes like when I have my FOMO moments, which are yes. ridiculous, but like, Same. you know, the human being. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God, I wish I had dug them <sighs> debut. And like when I they know. were like, feel like a concert, anything. It hurts. And so and there are fans. We, I mean, we've been having listeners contact us who are just getting into them now. So imagine, I mean, there's not even any more live shows or anything right now. It's yes, hard. It's hard. It's and hard. so I mm-hmm. feel like we are hitting this at a time that I was, oh, this feels kind of nice to be like, it's still like <laughs> not tiny, yeah. but it's not so big that like, I mean, it is nice to go to a show and be like, mm-hmm. they're just right there. They're and just like, right there and they're like, real. I yeah. out with them. <laughs> yeah. And they actually said in one of the documentary videos, they said, this is our chapter two. So they're using similar terminology to BTS, but it's a different yeah. chapter two. It's on a very different scale and it's them being independent and that you know, we're so lucky that we get to see them in smaller venues. Cause I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they'll ever be stadium artists. I don't know whether that'll happen for them, but I, I think they right. will probably move up to bigger venues because they're, yeah. they're having a surge right now of popularity. Mm-hmm. right I feel like they it could be yeah bigger harder I mean their tickets were still reasonably affordable like floor seats were like 58 59 yeah. oh and so I forgot to mention too there was another aspect to the VIP thing which if they do a much bigger scale arenas or or you know, like medium-sized arenas or something next time they may not do this again we went in groups of 10 to take pictures with them they walked us upstairs in groups of 10 we were in the second group um, they were waiting upstairs um, in front of a black screen and sitting on four chairs right next to each other. And they had us file five people behind them and five people in front of them. And we were right there with them, like no screen or anything. We were just standing next to them and they were sitting on their chairs. And so I was on the taller side. So I went behind them 
And I was standing between, just by happenstance, between Dojun and Wusang. And they do this as cute, one does. which is insane. I know, as one does, right? I still am not processing this information. But they do this cute thing, Wusang and Dojun do, where they make heart hands with the fans. And so Wusang reached over with his right hand to the woman next to me and, and did the little half heart thing with his hand. And she put her hand up to his and completed it. And then he reaches his left hand around in front and reaches over to me. And I and think you know, I'm not a smart person, okay? <laughs> like I know I went to grad school and everything, but no, like I'm socially stupid. And normally, if I were younger, I would not have known what to do. <laughs> like my just would have blanked out. But because I'm old and I don't care about anything anymore, or whether I look stupid, I actually my brain was actually able to connect what he was trying to do, and I was able to actually reach over and finish the little heart. And I got to oh my god, I had such a for for our listeners who grew up on the Brady Bunch which probably isn't that many of you it, it was my total Marsha Brady touching Davy Jones's hand moment where she Aww. like she wanted to put a plastic bag over her hand and not wash her hand for a week <laughs> oh damn you COVID so anyway I got to touch his hand and do a hand heart with him which was amazing uh and then at the after that when we had to leave so you had to wait for the picture they took the picture two pictures and then it was time for us to file out so the next group could come in. This all happened in a matter of seconds, of course, but amazingly, I remember it. Before the staff member came to tell us to move, we were just standing there for a couple seconds and Dojun and Wusung turned around and said something like, hi. <laughs> hi <laughs> and, and I said something like thank you so much for the great show or something stupid like that and but I managed to utter a sentence and so I feel like that woman who I actually met by the way in at a cup sleeve here in Kansas who was the one whose video went viral from PTD Las Vegas who had the golf prodigy Kim Taehyung sign at barricade and he went by and loved it and he did the golf swing do you remember that uh-huh. He did like with his hands, he did a big golf swing. And she and then later she had a picture of herself holding a sign that says Kim Taehyung perceived my existence. <laughs> or she wrote that on the post or something like that. Anyway, it went That's viral. Cute. It went army viral. And uh yeah, I met her. She was she was still so excited. So anyway, it reminded me of that. That was my moment where someone that that I adore perceived my who's famous perceived my existence. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. And they gave us beautiful autographed photos. I'll post a picture of it. So I guess for, for me, part of the difference or what's similar and different from the fan experience with BTS is, of course, the scale. I think the, the whole parasocial aspect of it has been different so far. I really i am interested in the members of the Rose, and I think they're fascinating. And of course, they're beautiful and, and charismatic and all that. But I don't have the same type of parasocial attachment as I do to the BTS members. Um, and I don't think they're cultivating that the way that Hive does. Yeah. That's not what they're going for. Right. Yeah. Which it's the same fine. thing. Which I'm is fine with relieved. me. Yes. yes. Re <laughs> relief. Relief. <laughs> yeah. So, cause so much of that is stoked by the constant flood of content and daily video content where you feel like you're part of their life. Uh, and the Rose doesn't do that. They have a, they still do way more, you know, engagement and content than Western artists do. And it still feels intimate in a really sincere way, but they're not coming at us with that whole K-pop boyfriend industry thing. And that's, and right. they were part of that at one time, 
but I think they've made a conscious move to move away from it, which is kind of nice. And, and like you said, smart. it's a relief. Smart. And yeah. No men. This yeah. Isn't like trainees, you know, because think of how young the K-pop machine starts too. I know. I know. Where it's like, yeah, these are like whole men who are like, you know, mostly turning 30 next year. Yeah. They're the same age as the young line. They're all like 93, 94. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes. Good for them. Yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> Yeah, and the the one other artist that I follow closely, Ravi, is a former idol who is now an independent artist, and he's in the military now, and he has kind of made the same decision. Like, he still puts out content, he engages with fans, he does lives, um, responds to messages on Weverse and things like that, but he does not stoke the boyfriend thing at all anymore. So that's it's nice, it's refreshing to see that they can move away from that. I, another thing I think is kind of interesting is um, we've talked before about how they kind of have their own magic it's not the same magic that bts has but they have the fairy dust or the magic of and i can't always put my finger on it but it's like a combination of their bonds with each other that they share with us the fact that they're focused on a healing mission and message in their music um, which i think is very similar to a lot of what bts does and just that there's so much depth and thought and that they put into everything they do and they really convey a lot of sincerity about the fact that they want to be a force of good in the world. BTS has said the same thing, that they want to help their fans and be a source of comfort and healing. I mean, magic shop, you know? Uh, So I think that's a lot of those kinds of things, even though they're doing it in their own way and it's on a different scale and it's not the same vibe, but it has that in common that's that's like a thread that connects them and I think is what gets me hooked um that's what hooked me about BTS in their own way and that's what's hooking me with the rose too and there's also like the non-toxic masculinity thing but when I watched those documentary videos it really that really drove home to me that they are also good role models of that and I don't need them to be perfect in that regard uh, or hold them to a higher standard than other people, but they just do convey that a lot. And I find that very healing um, for myself just to be able to see that. Yeah. I mean, basically all I have here is ditto. <laughs> yeah, ditto. Exactly. Like that's a lot of why we like Korean entertainment and all of that with the caveat that many, you know, Korean American and Korean observers have shared and, and warned Western fans about, you know, that, that, a lot of those portrayals are for entertainment. They don't necessarily reflect Korean society and so on. But there's just something about, I think, there must be some cultural difference there, or at least entertainers are allowed to to convey those things. And I think another thing that's a little different about it is um, that you have two, all of them speak English and that two of them speak perfectly fluently and one is a native speaker. And that's a little different from BTS. Not that I need BTS to be that way, and I don't. I still... I mean, they they mean everything to me. It's just a little bit more immediate connection. I think it's just like there's this ability to... You don't have to wait for subs. <laughs> right. You don't have to wait for subs. Exactly. You've got Usung and Dojun up there just rattling away. And there's an immediate connect in person like that. Right. There's no delay. <laughs> and so, you know, it's not crucial at all. I don't need my you know, Korean artists that I follow to do that. I want them to just speak Korean and do whatever they want to do. I don't need them to speak English for me. I, it drives me crazy even when fans are on V Lives are going English, English, English. And I'm like, no, that's not, they don't have to speak English. It's, 
yeah, I hate that whole dominant language thing drives me crazy. But it is neat. It's just happenstance that we happen to have a Korean American member of the band and and English speakers in the band. And it's just we're lucky, I guess, we get to connect with them on another level because of that. Yeah. And there's so many English lyrics. And of course I don't need their songs to be in English, but a lot of them are and and they're so sing-alongable for that reason. And it's really fun to sing along with them in the car and, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Maybe I'll just say, like, there's, like, a laziness to it that I like. But, yeah, it's just, right. like, it's, that's not the right word. But, yeah, sometimes it's the, it's just, like you said, it's easy. It is immediate. Mm-hmm. It isn't, like, I have to sit and be, like, oh, my gosh, this content came out. Now Weverse. I'm going to twiddle my thumbs. For- <laughs> Wait for I mean, like, I appreciate all of that too. Like as much as it's torture, it's just part of that, like bizarre experience of being army. Yeah. That, you know, I'm on board for it, but it, you know, it's nice then to be like, oh, but look like here, I can just <laughs> whatever. And like, right. I know exactly what's going down. Yeah. It's just a little different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's something nice about the whole, sometimes the waiting with BTS reminds me of when I was a kid and, you know, you didn't have cell phones yet and things like that. And you had to wait for somebody to send you a letter. And, you know, there's a little bit of that that's kind of nostalgic, I think, too. So it's not all bad. All right. Here, we just wanted to talk a little bit about the album and Heal, which is titled Heal. And it released just about five weeks ago. And if you're interested in a physical copy, they have, as most... Uh, albums from groups that are based in Korea have they have multiple versions that they just have two but they're beautiful they each have a different photo book and they're very very beautifully done and I've been learning just recently now that I'm having a chance after my family emergency that I was dealing with the last few weeks to dig into some of this content that they've been releasing with the documentary videos as I mentioned earlier it looks like they're going to be releasing probably more of them and they are showing how they wrote the album the members had this concept that they all developed together of having fans share stories with them through their their fan cafe as on Discord. Uh-huh. And they had fans submit stories of their own struggles, their life struggles and what they were trying to heal from. And they ran the gamut. And what the concept of the album was, we're going to read our fan stories and appreciate them, the things that people have shared and their vulnerability. And we're going to write songs around those stories. So we have to choose songs that we can also identify with the story so that we can write about it sincerely and include our own story in it. But there, that's going to be the impetus. And so they showed the central focus. And so they show in each of these episodes how, what the genesis of each song was. And this made me cry. It is so beautiful. Not only just that they conceived of this, but that they actually, for each song, they go and meet with the fan who sent them the letter and they sit down with them and talk to them and they sing them the song and then they play it for them. Yeah. And it is so moving because of course, just like all of us, the people that wrote to them have been through a lot and the members too wrote the album for their own healing. Um, We mentioned how Jaehyung said he had gone through a lot. And in fact, the second episode is about Seesaw, his song that he wrote while he was in the military about all the things, all the ups and downs he was going through and how hard it was to find emotional balance. And I think it's the fourth one, a fan wrote in about a tragic loss of a family member and how her friends got her through the crushing loss and helped her to survive that. And the song Shift has, if you know the album, there's some of the words are when you're feeling low, 
uh, stand by my side. I'm probably getting it wrong, but that's the essence of it, is standing by someone's side, which is language we hear a lot in K-dramas, right? And that's that. The song is about that, about friends and others helping people through difficult times. Going back to the song Seesaw that Jaehyung wrote, the other members actually layered onto that song that he wrote while he was in the military and put their responses to him in it. And so it is a song where he's telling them what he went through, which was so difficult to the point where he almost wanted to leave music altogether because the experience with the company was so crushing. And then he had to go right into the military and he was like, he said he was almost like blaming music for bringing all this bad stuff into his life. And it was hard for him to connect with music for a while. The members wrote their comforting responses to him into the song. So if you look at the lyrics, you'll see them. It's a, and like they said, it's a conversation in the song Shift, which is a beautiful song. So there's a lot going on in this album, way more than meets the eye. And I've only just started to scratch the surface, but now I really want to keep going because it is becoming by the minute, <laughs> you know, as I am digesting this information a little bit late, really meaningful. The, one of the other episodes was for one of the, the first song after the opening uh, instrumental, which is the definition of ugly is the one that has the refrain, uh, why am I so insecure? Uh-huh. And it was a woman who wrote in about not fitting in and feeling like she was an outsider among her friends and among other people in her social circles and how she just didn't fit in and kept feeling like she needed to change for other people. And they wrote that song for her and also for their own experiences of feeling like that too. And it's a song about self-acceptance and needing, you know, learning to let go of needing to be like others and to try to accept the parts of yourself that you feel are different and to try to see them as being special. And they show in the video how they met with her and sang that to her and played it for her. And uh, she started to cry. And she's a Aww. tattoo, she's a tattoo artist. And she actually gave Wusung a moth tattoo on his, on his leg. They showed oh, that. Cool. It was interesting. Yeah. So there's like a real intimacy there. Uh, uh, so it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I also want to give a plug that Wusong has some nice tattoos. He, oh gosh. You just have yeah, beautiful tattoos. Oh, he is, he is gorgeous. And his stage presence is unbelievable. He just is a star. Yeah. He's got <laughs> star power. He's got big star power and he's just so, so emotive and graceful and funny and clever and witty and I don't know uh and and Dojun is hilarious uh, he's kind of like uh he just jokes a lot and uh has a funny quirky sense of humor yeah they they all have really lovely personalities from that they at least the ones that they they show us are really lovely the whole album is beautiful that way and I'm looking forward to learning from them more about what the rest of the songs mean I mean I have my ideas about what they might mean but so far I'm there's like the levels or go much deeper than what I had initially realized. I'm, I heard from another fan in line that they've already got their next album planned out and they're already working on it. And like you said, we've been hearing that they're already planning to tour again. I, I worry about them. I mean, they're, they're traveling and playing so much. They're going to be exhausted, but I know they're trying to grab the moment. Um, I just hope they take care of themselves. A lot of people in line were talking about that. Like, I hope they don't burn out. I hope they're taking care of themselves well enough. I was just curious about this, because I mean, I here I am. I'm getting into another group, and it's an indie rock group, so it's kind of different. You know, there aren't that many groups like that that I know of, anyway, in in Korean popular music. And in fact, one of them I actually also loved. There was an indie kind of folk band 
that has already broken up some years ago, but they were really popular and had some huge hit songs that are still really iconic. And they were called Busker Busker. They, I think they started busking too. So that must be how a lot of indie uh, rock acts get started over there since they don't fit the idol mold. And anyway, they, yeah, their songs are amazing. So I just wondered why am I so excited to follow another band that I like? Is it just because they are based out of Korea? Am I like, I was worried that am I like fetishizing this somehow? <laughs> or why am I not just as excited about following a Western artist that has a kind of a similar sound? Because there's lots of great indie rock bands out there that are, you know, from the US and the UK and all over the place. And I do like a lot of them. So and I do listen to them. And so I hope I hope I'm not fetishizing. I think it is instead more about what we just talked about, which is the different vibe that is coming out of the acts that are coming out of Korea, where these few special handful of acts that are really devoted to the topic of healing and have that kind of magic and that camaraderie and bond with each other and how they engage with the audience and how they share their experiences with the audience and the sincerity. I'm not saying you can't find that with Western artists, but I keep finding it with Korean artists. And so I guess that's where I keep turning to, but I was just curious if you had any thoughts about that. To be blunt, I would say that like if a person can't handle listening to any lyrics in a language other than <laughs> English, then like, yeah, that could be a challenge. But, you know, with that said in the same breath, you know, I'd argue you're missing like huge swath of what the world has to offer if you need to hear all of your music in uh, the language that, you know, since I'm an English speaker, like in language yeah. that I understand is like my native tongue. Exactly. Um, yeah. In fact, I taught an, an online class a year or so ago. And one of the first things I did as a bonding thing was I said, share any songs that you listen to where the the lyrics are not all in English. And we all learned so much about world music through that. And I think it's something that I always find striking since, you know, I mean, I I used to listen to, I'd say more like Spanish speaking music, Korean mm-hmm. is like, like since the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I listened to Hindi film music for years. I still okay, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love um, it. <laughs> but what is true is like the, I guess it's also the cliche, but it's the sense that it is always really kind of thrilling to me that I can get a very authentic emotional experience without knowing the lyrics per se. And mm-hmm. like, I'll look up the lyrics usually and like read the lyrics and later I'll be like, yeah, like I got mm-hmm. the vibe. Yeah. And so I've really enjoyed that. I think it's something that is just really special about good music. And so it's Mm -hmm. kind of a pleasure to do that. And with K Indie, I think I enjoy it because again, I listen to lots of music like I know you do as well. So I'm not like limited to only listening to K-pop or Korean music, but I would say that, you know, I have fallen like definitely into the k-pop rabbit hole more in like the last year year and a half but k indie is nice too because i do find as much as i love aspects of Mm k-pop there are problematic elements that Mm -hmm. give pause and i worry sometimes about where i get like complicit in exploitation yeah yeah (laughs) and i don't it's true especially as older fans these are things we need to be worrying about i don't Mm want to love the thing like i want to love what I love but I don't want my love to cause harm and sometimes I am afraid that I'm part of and I don't I mean like look I trust people to navigate and like I've trusted Mm -hmm. to navigate but like I try to be 
cognizant that like I have a responsibility and like what I'm giving mm-hmm. my time, energy and money into that is like a corporate system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so with the Rose, I want to support them so much right now because mm-hmm. who love an underdog and who doesn't love yeah, right? a group that has stuck hard to their vision, who've advocated for themselves. And who have and, been through the wars big time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, look, if I can help you succeed by like giving support and like financial what I can and like mm-hmm. spreading the word and like hyping you yeah, all. streaming your music or whatever yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and like talking about you like we are in our podcast yeah. like, I love seeing good people rise up get their due and so it feels like a very pleasurable thing to be able to be like look I think this group is well worth folks time that's a good place for us just to leave it. And um, the Rose is very active on social media. And so we will include uh, all the different links to the different outlets where you can check them out if you want to. If you decide to learn their names, <laughs> then yeah. you're going to end up like us and we'll be glad to talk to you about them. So thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to our journey with the Rose. And uh, I hope you check check them out if you're interested. Don't feel pressured, but you won't be sorry that you checked them out. Yeah, I think it's a great, especially if you're listening to this because you're army and you're trying to figure out how to keep your bucket filled <laughs> during enlistment. I think this is a very nice, not replacement, but enhancement. Let's end it with a uh, Bora Hey. Bora Hey. Bora Hey. Army and Black Roses. <laughs> Can't get enough of BTS? Cool. Neither can we. So between shows, why don't you hop on over to at Afternoon Army on Instagram and join the conversation. Want to support us as a newer podcast hitting the scene? Great. Share the love by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And last, but certainly not least, don't forget to check out the other pod in our network, Afternoon Delight, K-drama deep dives from three romance authors with new episodes dropping every Wednesday.